The Bible Study Podcast, episode 694. Today's episode is a special episode, a sermon on light and darkness. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. The following is going to be a sermon which I preached actually on January 3rd at my church, Bethel Lutheran Church in Cupertino, or preached two, I should say, because we're still social distancing, so we're not meeting in person. And since this has come out, there has been an interesting week in my country where there has been armed insurrectionists storming the Capitol with zip ties to take away lawmakers if they were able to find them and uh, bringing setting up a gallows and yelling that they wanted to lynch the vice president. So it has been... <laughs> Kind of a dark week. I did not know that at the time that this sermon came out, but listen to it in that context. And then I'm going to start with some of the verses that were used. I'm going to put the entire lectionary that we used in this particular sermon in the show notes of this episode and then also in the uh, lyrics of this episode. But here are some that will give you the context. The first lesson, the Old Testament lesson, was from Jeremiah 31, 7 through 14. For thus says the Lord, sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north, and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor, together. A great company they shall return here, with weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will let them walk by the brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble, for I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare to the coastlands far away, say, He who scattered Israel will gather him, and will keep him as a shepherd a flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob, and has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion, and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall become like a watered garden, and they shall never languish again. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. I will give the priests their fill of fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my bounty, says the Lord. And then the second reading was from Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. Blessed be the God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ. As a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and on earth, in Christ we also have obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will. So that we, who are the first to set our hope in Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. 
In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance towards redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. And then finally, the gospel lesson was from John 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but came to testify to the light, the true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become the children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God the only Son who is close to the Father's heart who has made him known. So those are the verses that you have for context. I should also say before I start the sermon that you can also find this on video if you go to thebiblestudypodcast.com. People of Bethel Lutheran Church in Cupertino and elsewhere, I have some good news for you this morning. It is no longer 2020. Now, I can't promise you what is happening in 2021, and I can't promise you it will be better. But for many of us, this has been a more difficult year, or at least an unusual year. A year that brought us out of our normal way things work into something very different. We're going to talk about that a little today, but first I want to jump into the gospel lesson and I want to talk to you about John's gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Those are the words that John uses to open his gospel, the fourth and final of the four gospels to be written. By the time that John writes, probably all of the other apostles have died or have been killed, as John is the only one who will make it to old age. He writes after Mark, after Luke, and after Matthew. And he has probably read at least one of those and has heard about those by the time he writes his gospel. Mark has written his gospel to the Romans, probably after the death of Peter in Rome. Luke has written his gospel to those who are Gentiles, those like us who are not Jewish, and Matthew to those who are Jewish. And he will take in Matthew's account, he will take many of the Old Testament prophecies and show how they came true in Jesus. But John still feels there's a part of the story that is left to tell before he writes his gospel, because John's gospel is written for Christians. John's gospel is not written assuming that you haven't read the others, but assuming that you do know the story. But John is going to tell us why things happen. So he's not going to start with 
shepherds and wise men. He's not going to start with following stars. He's not going to start with Herod the Great and his problem with this child that was born or with Mary and Joseph and angelic visitations. John is going to start with those enigmatic words. In the beginning was the word. Now we know that John is talking about Jesus, but he uses this term of the word. And if we don't get the reference to what he's talking about, we have to go back to the beginning. If you go back to Genesis, if you go back to this book that literally means the beginnings, you will find that God speaks into the darkness in chapter one, and he speaks three words, let there be light. And John is associating Christ with that creative energy of God, saying that Christ was present at the time of creation, the word of God being Jesus, the breath of God and the Holy Spirit, that the Trinity was there at the time of creation, and that Christ was that word that was spoken into darkness. And I want to focus on darkness because that is the term that John uses when he says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. It is going back, hearkening to that book of Genesis, where we see that light comes into the world and it is darkness that is defeated. And that's an important lesson for us to know after a year that seemed like it saw its fair share of darkness. At the time John writes his gospel, John has been a disciple for Jesus for a very long time. We understand from the gospels that John is one of the first two disciples of Jesus. In the later on in this chapter, we will read that John and Andrew, or actually, as John tells it, Andrew and another guy. And in John's gospel, we always believe that another guy is John. We're followers of John the Baptist, and when John the Baptist looks to Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, these two split off and go and follow Jesus. And they ask, Where are you staying? And Jesus says, Come and see. And with that begins an invitation to a lifetime with Jesus, here and then with Jesus after his resurrection. And so John will be a disciple for a long time, but I said that John sees some darkness. Again, by the time he writes this gospel, all of the other apostles are dead and have been killed for their faith. And he has lived through all that. His brother James, his brother who we seen this relationship that they are fairly close, was the first to die well back in the book of Acts. The only one of the apostles' death the only one of the remaining apostles' death, not counting Judas Iscariot, that is recorded in the Bible because it is the first that happens under the first persecution by the Jewish leaders. And so John has been in exile. John has been surviving while the church has been under persecution, first by the Jewish leaders and later by Nero in Rome. And so John has seen some darkness. And so when John is writing these words, that light has come into the world and the darkness has not overcome it. He knows a little bit about what he's talking about. And so in this year that we have had, which for some has been the roughest year, for some it may have been the best year, but it certainly was an unusual year. In this year, it is helpful for us to remember 
that the light has come into the world and the darkness can't contain it, that the light has overcome. And I think about the writings that we had this morning in the book of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah in this morning's lesson tells us to sing aloud, or the Lord tells us through Jeremiah to sing aloud with gladness for Jacob and raise shouts for the chief of the nations, proclaim, give praise and say, save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. And there's a lot of singing and weeping with joy that is contained in these verses of Jeremiah. But you know, I'll be honest with you, I read them a few times as I'm preparing for this talk today. And as I was preparing for the sermon, I read them over and over again. And it wasn't until a few times into it that I realized that all of the Jeremiah is saying is in the future tense. Jeremiah is not talking about he is in a situation that is glad. He says, see, I am going to bring them from the land of the north. I am going to gather those who have been scattered. Because Jeremiah writes at the time of the exile, the Babylonian captivity. Jeremiah is in some ways the saddest of the prophets because he gets to write about the fall of the people as they go off into exile. He later will write lamentations as he sits looking at the ruined city of Jerusalem. So Jeremiah also knew something of darkness. He had watched his people be killed and he had watched the survivors be exiled, be led away in captivity. But Jeremiah writes with great joy in these particular verses because he writes looking forward to a day that God has promised when God will restore. He looks forward to a day when God will gather those that he has scattered. Scattered because of what they did. They were put into captivity in Babylon because of their unfaithfulness to God. But God is a loving God. God is a gracious God. And Jeremiah knows this and he has been told by God this, reminded by God this. And so Jeremiah, when he writes these words, writes about joy. He writes about joy of what God will do. And so Jeremiah lives at the same time in a time of great, great darkness, but also in a time of hope. It is possible to be both in great darkness and discouragement and also be in a time of hope. And I think some of us have one foot in both of those right now. It has been a tough year. We have not been able to gather together for many months now as we would want to do. We have not been able to get together with our loved ones here coming through this holiday. As we, have, as we head into this part of the year with the shortest days, it seems like there is too much darkness. There's been darkness in political things. There's been darkness in racial unrest. There's been darkness in this pandemic. But we also sit with one foot in the future and one foot in hope as Jeremiah did. Not just because we trust in vaccines and vaccinations and doctors and, and masks and all of those sorts of things, but because our hope 
is not grounded in all that, but our hope is grounded in God. That we believe in a God who is greater than all of these things, no matter what is thrown at us. Now, as I'm writing this this morning, I had an interesting thing because the PG&E guy has just left and there was a gas leak in our house today. And I think of it could have been even worse. And honestly, we will have times that get worse and we will have times that get better. That is not where our hope is in. Our hope is not in our situation, but our hope is in God. Going back to the words of John again, John says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. And John, in that section that we had today, will go on to say that those who believe in him, he gave power to become the children of God. And further on, that from his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. John believes, despite the darkness that he has seen, that he serves a gracious God, a God who gives good things to his children, even if they don't deserve it. Now, we're coming out of a season of Christmas here, a season of giving. In fact, we're in the 10th day of Christmas. I don't know how many of you had 10 lords a-leaping in your house today, but that would be appropriate. We don't always get gifts from those who love us because we were particularly deserving, uh, to be honest. We get gifts because we are loved. And John sees a God that even in the midst of this darkness where we sometimes find ourselves lavishes us with grace upon grace. John has been in exile. He has seen the church under persecution, and yet he believes in the good gifts of God and doesn't see the contradiction between those two statements. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, which we had today, said that according to the riches of his grace that he has lavished on us. Paul saw darkness as well. Paul, who gives an account in Corinthians of the number of times he was shipwrecked or beaten or jailed or stoned and left for dead, still sees a life that has been blessed by God, still sees the people of God as a gift that has been given to him, still sees following God as something that has lavished riches of his grace upon him. And in the midst of the darkness, as Jeremiah was looking forward to the future, looking forward to that restoration, looking forward to the action of God in a dark world, in a bad situation. So Paul also says that we who were the first to set our hope on Christ might live for the praise of his glory. Let me say that again. So that we who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live to the praise of his glory. A couple different things in there. One is, it says that when God adopted us, when God welcomes us to become children adopted into his family through that light that came into the world, as John said, that he had something in mind for us. One is that we might live even in the middle of this dark world, as people of hope. People who put their hope in Christ. People who act also then towards a better world, who live in the praise of his glory, 
who live so that God will be praised, who live so that God will be praised in part because of what people see, what little God can, what little people may see of God in us. That we are called to be people of hope and we are called to be people who live into the kingdom of God. How can we be both people who live through difficult times and people who live with an unassailable hope? It's difficult to do both, and yet we're called to do that. As we go through this year, as we went through this year, when we came to holidays like Thanksgiving, it might have been a little more difficult to be thankful. But there was much to be thankful for. As we went through Christmas and couldn't gather together as we wanted to do, when we had to greet loved ones from afar on Zoom instead of holding them close, it might have been a little more difficult to be thankful. To remember all that God has given us. And yet we're called to do that. As we look back at 2020, it is easy for us to lay blame. It is easy for us to say that things might have been better if leaders had made better decisions, if other people had made better decisions, if we had made better decisions, if we had acted less selfishly, if we had acted better, if others had acted better. It is easy to lay blame and we would be correct. We live in a broken and fallen world, in a world that is never perfect, in a world that has moved away from God, that has fallen into sin, and that is just true. Some years like this, it may be more obvious, but even in the best of years, we live in a broken and fallen world. We live in a world that will have darkness. Your best year may have been last year, and your worst year may be the year to come. I do not know. And we never know. How many of us knew as we came into 2020, so many of us were glad to be done with 2019. If you had a choice, wouldn't you take two 2019s over a 2020? We don't know whether next year will be better or worse. We know that this is still a broken and fallen world. It is still a world that has darkness. But we also know that light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. We know that being unable to meet together does not keep us from caring for one another, does not break the church of God. We know that we can get through times like this in part because of our faith, in part because we believe in a God who is greater than times like this. And that is always true, whether it be 2019, 2020, or whatever 2021 may bring. But 2021 will still be a broken and fallen world, a world that needs the children of God to live into their inheritance, a, a world that needs 
people who are called to be Christians, to live into that grace that he lavishes on us, to live with hope set on Christ, and to live for the praise of his glory, so that maybe we can be a little less selfish, so that maybe we can make a little better decisions, so that maybe we can love a little better, so that maybe we can see past the differences, whether differences be political party or skin color or whatever, to people whom God loves. I pray that we, like Jeremiah, even if we live in times that are filled with darkness, can live in hope, can live with one eye on that coming of God's redemption, when God puts things right, when pandemics stop, when injustice stops, when corruption stops, when selfishness stops, when jealousy stops, when all are called to come under the kingship of Christ, when all are called to live in the light. Amen. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.